The views and opinions expressed by guests on the mortar and pestle are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or opinion of PCCA. Welcome to the Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast where we discuss all things compounding and all things concerning independent pharmacy. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Delisio, North American Sales Director, and Sebastian Dennison, Clinical Compounding Pharmacist. Welcome, Compounding World, and welcome to the latest episode of A Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast. This is Mike Delisio, and as always, joined by my fearless host and co host, Sebastian Dennison. <laughs> fearless? Uh, I, I would say enthusiastic is a better term. Enthusiastic and super knowledgeable. Seb, this is going to be a good one. Uh, I have been waiting for a podcast like this. This is brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. For, for those of our listeners, uh, d- you don't have to look far back in previous episodes to understand that we had the opportunity to record with Sarah Hover, our clinical services manager. And we had the opportunity to discuss understanding lab values and, and what went in to the different modalities and the, the methodologies when compounding pharmacists work together with their doctors and their patients to understand the lab values that are presented to them. And um, it was a really interesting conversation because there are different modalities that exist in the marketplace. And, oh, and it gets serum complex. tests, blood tests, saliva tests. And my personal favorite, urine tests. Yeah, and I, I couldn't think of a better segue. And we wanted to pair the information that we shared in that last episode and and really bring on an expert and, and someone that represents a company that we've also been aligned with very closely through our hormone symposiums and various events. And we've had the opportunity to connect with, with Dutch and really understand Precision Analytical and what they offer. And... With that being said, we're super excited to have the Director of Clinical Education for Precision Analytical, none other than Dr. Debbie Rice. Debbie, welcome to the Mortar and Pestle. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's an absolute pleasure, obviously, to meet you as well, um, to learn more about the company, to learn more about you. I'm sure our audience wants to get into all the details. You know, one thing I mentioned even prior, uh, prior to recording, I hate doing long-winded introductions. You, <laughs> you guys are our guests, and we would love to hear, learn more about you and, and through our conversation, learn a lot more about what you guys offer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Um, so we are the Dutch test, which is um, given by Precision Analytical. So technically, our lab name is Precision Analytical, but we are known better as the Dutch test. And um, the Dutch test stands for dried urine testing for comprehensive hormones. So that is the big, um, uh, I guess, conglomeration of words that tells you what we actually do. And it's dried urine testing. And for comprehensive hormones, our niche is going to be sex hormones and adrenal hormones. So that is our specialty. That is what we do all day, every day, all about dried urine. We love it. (laughs) <laughs> and more about you. Uh, I'd love to learn more about your experience as being the director of clinical education. Yeah. So I um, I have been a part of Dutch since 2015. So not quite when they started. They started in 2012. We just celebrated our 10-year anniversary this last year, which is really exciting. Thank you. Um, and I was able to get in, you know, when we were just a, a teeny little company and 
seen people grow and in that also grow in my knowledge and experience and fun and learning about Dutch and what the Dutch test is and how it can be helpful and what it can offer. Um, I've been more on the clinical side. So I was a clinical consultant uh, working with a lot of the practitioners for many, many years and have the opportunity now to continue to move more towards clinical education, right? So the big question that we get just um, as a test is, what do I do with all this? <laughs> like, what is this? And what do I do with all of it? How do I utilize this information, not just for patients, but also for providers? And so that's what we're starting to, you know, touch into the world of is that educational part of how we can create that sim assimilation between here's your test results and here's what you can do with it. And so we have a similar role because I work with a lot of pharmacies and providers Great. in that realm uh, discussing what, what tools we have and how we can then apply it into models and then pass back recommendations to providers who maybe not have the same level of information available to the pharmacist. Um, yeah. But I'm excited about this because a number of years ago, and I'm, I'm going to just kind of give you a bit of my background so you have a yeah. fair understanding. Coming from the Canadian market, um, we were doing serum tests and we knew that there was limitations. And then we started seeing saliva tests come up and everyone was like, saliva, saliva, saliva. Yeah. There was limitations there. And it wasn't until, yeah, right around 2012, 2013 that we started seeing dried urine start to populate up into this discussion. And through A4M, we saw what was happening and we understand that it's it, it's a new tool for a lot of people, but its power is, is very great. And so I've heard about it. I've tried explaining this to so many people, but we were so excited to have you come on the podcast and kind of give us a more comprehensive discussion as where it fits and how it can be utilized in a pharmacy practice as well as a provider practice. So I'm going to start with a really simple one is Okay, dried urine testing of uh, comprehensive hormones. What? What? Explain. Please just give yeah. me the the give me the high level that you you give your thirty well maybe a two minute explanation when you're talking to providers or pharmacists. Yeah. So, and I will also say, like when I first started working with Dutch, I realized there were a lot of providers that were doing you know serum testing so that they get you know get the estrogen and the progesterone and the testosterone but they were also doing saliva testing so that they could get the cortisol but they were also doing a 24-hour urine so they could get all of the metabolites for cortisol so they were doing an amazing job of gathering all of this information so when a patient comes to you and says i have all of these symptoms right i'm, I'm fatigued i have some cycle changes i have hot flashes i have night sweats and um, you know, I'm just not feeling the same way that I used to, they would do the comprehensive test, right? And when we're looking at the Dutch test, what that does is it takes all of those tests. So the serum test, the saliva test, the 24-hour urine test, and puts it all in one test. So you don't have to carry around the jug of urine. You don't have to sit there for 45 minutes trying to fill a saliva tube. You don't have to get a blood draw or a poke if you want to get that estrogen progesterone, testosterone, you can get it all in one test being on a, a strip of paper. And, and that's incredible because for patients, you know, three different tests uh, in a private pay system can be prohibitively expensive. Um, yes. It's also a time sink that carrying around the saliva thing. I did saliva yeah. test one time and I was just like, really, I got to do this again. And I can't generate enough saliva. And so, yeah, there's all I sorts can. of things and you don't want yes. contaminants and, and, and. So it's brilliant. Yes. It, it does make it so much more convenient and it's a sort of one-stop uh, scenario. One-stop so, shop. Yeah, right. absolutely. 
So, so yeah. you said it combines it all into one. Cause yes. that's, that's a pretty, pretty good uh, position. So could you explain a little yeah. bit more about that? Yeah. So in the dried urine testing, so we have a Dutch complete and a Dutch plus and the Dutch complete is dried urine only. It's our flagship test. It is the one where you get to pee on four or five separate cards throughout the day. So what that does is when you pee on those little cards, let them dry, send them in, we're able to pull the hormones off of that dried urine card. And the hormones that we're looking at are your estrogen and then what does your estrogen do in the body? So are you making good estrogens, bad estrogens? How is your body metabolizing those? We look at your testosterone and your DHEA, so your androgens. So how much are you making? And then what is your body doing with them? Are they sending it more down the androgen or more potent pathway? Are you sending it more down the lesser androgenic pathway or less potent pathway? So we get to see all of that with those metabolites. We get to see the level of progesterone and how the body is breaking down progesterone. So those are your sex hormones that we're looking at, right? And then after that, we can also look at your cortisol. So this is looking at, you know, when I was in school, it was all about the salivary test for free cortisol. So we could see that diurnal pattern. That diurnal pattern is those four points throughout the day and what cortisol is doing throughout the day. We get that, but we also get how much cortisol is your body making. So there's a big difference between what is your body doing with your cortisol as well as how much can your body make. And so... I think that's the bigger difference. I had one friend ask me like, well, does Dutch tests make a difference in how you treat your patient? And I said, absolutely. I can see the difference between how much cortisol is being produced as well as how much cortisol is being used throughout the day. So it gives a more comprehensive evaluation of that HPA axis or that stress response during the day. Like, is your body able to make cortisol? And then if you can, how does your body use it throughout the day? So we get that as well as our melatonin. So we get that nice balance of daytime, nighttime, what's our body doing? And we do also have a little smattering of organic acids. We didn't start out with some organic acids. What ended up happening was like, ah, you know, you should probably also test some B12, maybe some B6, like maybe, you know, oxidative stress. And then we were like, we should probably just put it on there because <laughs> we kept recommending it so much. So we also added that in just to round out some of those things that we look at as far as nutrition, detoxification and um, sleep and stress. So that's, that's a lot to get in just, you know, four or five cards of, of peeing on a stick. And, and that's the complete test. So, so that is our Dutch complete test. So yes. what's the plus? So it is the Dutch complete. So all of that, Plus, it is a salivary component. So you do all of the dried urine, but you also get to do some saliva. And the biggest question I get on this is, well, Dutch has made a really big deal of making sure that we know that dried urine is just as good as saliva when it comes to cortisol and overall testing which is true. What we have found out though, is the Dutch plus is more specific to add in our cortisol awakening response. And the cortisol awakening response is a very specific time frame that we're looking at. We're looking at exactly when you wake up, exactly 30 minutes later and exactly 60 minutes later. So it's a very specific time frame. So we can't rely on urine for that because urine has a little bit of a lag time. You know, it has to hang out on the kidneys and the bladder and clear all of that. So we do the Dutch plus to add in the cortisol awakening response has a, it has a salivary collection. It's not technically spitting into a tube. We have a salivette that you can put either between your gums or underneath your tongue gathers that saliva within 
30 seconds and then you spit it back in, we're able to pull that saliva and it gives us the exact collection time for when you wake up 30 minutes later and 60 minutes later. So the saliva is more for that exact timing of the cortisol awakening response. And then we continue the saliva just to be consistent through the rest of the day for our free cortisol curve. We do that in addition to the urine so that we can also get all of those metabolites that we were talking about, the total cortisol production, how estrogen is being metabolized, progesterone, and all of that. And and this is going to lead right into that next question. And, and by the way, just for some of our pharmacists, just, just a reminder, like there's a lot of patients who wake up, they brush their teeth, they may do a yeah. few things, they urinate. And like you said, there's a lag time. They may not urinate again for a few hours. And so how do you collect something in on t- like in real time? So that I, that is the, the crucial piece is real-time testing with that plus. Yes. Seems um, like the collection of saliva is a lot less volume. Well, it is now. Like, God, those tubes were huge. Like the morning, the morning tubes. Yeah, was huge. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the part that takes away from the cortisol awakening response with like a saliva collection tube, where you're just kind of spitting into the tube, is if it takes you 30 minutes to do that collection, we've now lost that exact timing, Mm -hmm. which is why those salivates and doing a 30 to 60 second collection gives you that pinpoint for the cortisol awakening response, which is also really nice. Not, not to mention the stress that it incurs when you're yeah. trying to collect, collect <laughs> <Yeah>. saliva <laughs> for, first thing uh, upon awakening and you're Stop trying to collect saliva the for the next 30 minutes. If I don't do this I right, know. it's going to blow the I test know. and I'm going to waste 500 bucks. Yeah. I know. Uh, and, and it's certainly different stress response than, I don't know, going and getting a needle. Like that, I yes. know that that throws everything off. So that's, that's a different yes. discussion. We're not going to go down that path. Um, yeah. I did want to, I, I did want to ask if it, you mentioned metabolites. And yes. you said, well, how does this change how you treat your patient? And I kind of want to touch back to that, especially yes. within the realm of hormones. Um, mm-hmm. There's always this standard, you have to test before you start initiating hormones or any sort of care plan. Um, yeah. But using this information during as well, because this actually changes two parameters, initiation of dosing and timing of dosing, but also during dosing and during care. Yeah. Yeah. And I want you to dive into it because I know it, but there's a lot of people who are going to be like, we'll explain. So please. Yeah. Yeah. So um, a lot of times we like, you know, why should you test hormones and, and what does that mean? Like, what are the, what are the guidelines when it comes to testing hormones? And I think um, you can certainly get easy information with this serum blood draw of how much estrogen is there, how much testosterone is there, how much progesterone is there. That is good information. What I'd like to add on to that is, especially if you're someone that's looking to initiate hormone therapy, we want to know how much your body is making, right? Like how much estrogen is your body making? How much progesterone? How much testosterone? We want to see what that baseline is, but we, not just for levels and volume, but we also want to see how well your body is managing your hormones. And when we talk about metabolites, that's essentially what we're talking about. Like when your body makes that estrogen, what is the end result? Like, are you making estrogens down the healthy pathway? And when we talk about metabolites for estrogen, for example, we have three major metabolites that we look at for phase one metabolism. And when we're looking at estrogen metabolism, our 2OH metabolite is the one that we're really targeting to be the biggest volume. That's our 
most stable metabolite, that's our preferred metabolite. We also have a 4-OH metabolite. We have a 16-OH metabolite. And you may have heard about the 16-OH metabolite and the 4-OH metabolite. And there's, you know, discussion and research about the 2 to 16 ratio or the, you know, 4 to 16, the 2 to 4, like all of these different ratios about estrogen metabolism. And that's because the research that's out there is looking at when we look at the amounts of 2-OH that your body's making or 4-OH or 16-OH, it lets us know, are you creating healthy metabolites when your body's making estrogen or is it setting you up to be problematic? Are we setting you up to not clear your estrogens very well and have any kind of issues with DNA damage? Like when we think of DNA damage, we think of adduct formation and we think cancer cells, cells that are not doing the right things, right? And so that's what we're looking at, for example, with estrogen metabolites. And if you come to me and you're like, hey, I want to look at some estrogen supplementation, right? Like I've heard the estrogen patch is amazing and can change my life. And that may very well be true, but I want to make sure that we're changing it for the better, right? If we're going to give you more estrogen, I want to make sure that we're also making sure that your estrogen is doing all the good things. And that's influenced by your genes and your um, enzymes that go through all of this estrogen metabolism. We can look at that in the Dutch test, right? We can see like, oh yeah, you are doing all the right things in phase one. You are going that to, down that 2-OH metabolism pathway. So we can move forward without as much intervention or support in making sure that we're helping your body to manage those pathways better. But if you're going down the 16-OH pathway more or you're going down the 4-OH pathway more, I'm going to want to do a little bit more lifestyle and nutritional support to get you going down that 2-OH pathway so that we can make sure and, that And we're I do know that there's a, a very robust discussion about root of administration being an issue in those yes. different modalities and how you can have excessive salivary uh, presentation with topical administration yes. or contamination through buccal administration versus an oral yeah. dose. Uh, yeah. Serum tends to have its disadvantages with topical administration. It doesn't reflect until we've completely overloaded and saturated the tissue. And I, right. always, I always kind of point back to the urine test and I, and I, I kind of equate it to a very simple analogy. Uh, if I'm having a house party, there's multiple ways into the house and not everyone passes <laughs> yep. through every single room, but everyone ends yep. up in the bathroom at some point. And that's where we metabolize so and present all drugs. And so it's yep. a very effective way of looking at it is if it gets into the system, we can see it and then we can see how it's main. And the bigger deal is how it's being metabolized because that utilization in the tissue is also going to be expressed in those metabolites, Absolutely. good and bad. And we yep. can see this androgens, progesterone, cortisol levels, obviously the, the metabolites of estrogens. And so it is, yeah. it is a very important piece of information that I think more and more functional medicine providers are becoming hyper aware of is it's, I'm not looking for a serum, an absolute serum level. If we do that, we can grossly overdose. But if we look at symptomology with these nuances of, of testing, but really looking at the metabolites, we can also pinpoint optimal dosing strategies, which is, which is so important for these patients. Absolutely. Yes. And I think there, um, it's nice to have support and guidance when we're looking at, you know, testing prior and then after to be able to give, you know, not just looking at a paper, but also looking at symptoms and, um, nutritional pathways for that, right? Like we can use all of that information to optimize the provider and patient experience. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's just brilliant. And it's, it's, 
I think it's gaining more acceptance, honestly. I'm seeing more and more providers utilizing it in conjunction with serum tests because that's an easy way to establish baseline um, yes. that to, for diagnosis. Um, and I do like the combination. But again, I, I converted over to the urine fan base a few years ago just because of the power yeah. of, of, yeah. of information. So <laughs> you're over there like, yes, yes, more, <laughs> more. So, But yeah, Mike, please go ahead. I, I know you wanted to jump in. Um, I, I only do because I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around the practicality and mm. and what the organization that you represent also does. So yeah. And maybe this is just an open question and take it for what it's worth. Um, do you work with a lot of providers that have been working with only saliva testing, for example, for the longest time, and they feel that they've, they're very comfortable with the interpretation of results, that they understand the lab values, and then moving in this direction? Is it complex? What is the learning experience for them? And how do you also work with the provider to help them interpret the results? Yeah, it's a really, that's a really great question. And I think um, because we are in a market that is very saliva saturated, there is a lot of that, right? Like when I was in school, that's what I learned, right? Like we learned, you know, a little bit of serum, but the bigger thing was saliva testing. And it's because it was, you know, the available hormone and being able to evaluate not just baseline, but after people have been put on certain hormones and, and how we're dosing after that, there is, um, because of I will also say the, the way that the Dutch test looks has a lot of information. And so coming from saliva to urine, it can also feel like you're getting fire hosed with information. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's definitely a steep learning curve when it comes to, well, why is saliva different? How is that different? And how do I translate that into, you know, going from saliva to dried urine? And the beautiful thing is we have a lot of research that tells how to utilize that, the hormones and how, how it's being tested and reflected in the Dutch test. So I think the, the biggest thing that we have behind that is being able to show the comparisons with research. And so it is a bit of a different thought process when you're adjusting to how, how you change the dosing or how you uh, look at your patient experience, or even as a provider, how you're assessing what type of hormone to use, how to dose the hormone and what that looks like in testing. So there's definitely a steep learning curve, but the, the research behind it, I think, is what, is what sells it more. So just to kind of jump back into a clinical perspective, um, everyone, we've, we've talked about this many times. Sarah talked about this on a previous podcast. We're advocates for always getting appropriate testing prior to initiation of care. Then once we've established that care uh, program, how often are we recommending testing in this fashion? Yeah, that's a great question. I think if you are just doing baseline testing and you're not being actively interventional, right? Like if you're like, we're just doing some baseline testing, we'll check in when you have more symptoms and we're going to do something, maybe we look at another year out. But if we have an active person that comes in, we're doing baseline testing because we wanna move forward with action, right? Like actionable items, whether it's for cortisol, whether it's for hormone, um, like bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, I usually recommend looking at like rechecking in with your patient about six to eight weeks later, making sure that what they're doing is working 
and then checking everything about six weeks after that. So really we're looking at about a three month follow-up to retest. And that's with the assumption that after you meet at six weeks, that things are going the way that you expect them to go. Now, if you have to change some things up because maybe the estrogen dosing was off or maybe the progesterone dosing wasn't quite right, you still wanna give yourself about six weeks on that new dose to recheck everything. Um, after you adjust that. So generally looking for follow-up testing, I'd say about three to four months. Um, if you're doing more natural supplementation, if you're doing more herbs and lifestyle, I usually recommend about four to six months just to allow time for lifestyle changes and habits to, to take place. And so we're looking for about a six week to eight week balance, no change intervention. We want to establish that pattern so that everything's settled down. Yeah. You don't want to test too early because then you're you're going to get misinterpretation of what's actually happening. We need the body to be almost exactly. a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to kind of stabilize on that dose and make yeah. sure that you're, you're, we've, we've found that good steady base, um, not best, but new baseline, um, so, for your treatment. So I've got, now got a patient where we've done our second, we did our primary test. We've done our second test. When would be the next test? Like, do we come back in six months? Do we come back in a yeah. year? Like what, what sort of is your, your pattern of testing? Yeah, I will usually do another six months after that. And once people are stable, I would say, you know, doing a yearly check-in, my patients know like, all right, it's been a year, <laughs> I'm ready. Um, but if you are doing more interventional things, it may be anywhere between every three to six months. If you are mostly steady, but still adjusting things, I would say about every six months. And then is there anything that would cause you to be like, we should get a test in the next couple of days? Yeah. So if I, I will say like, there are certain, if we have people that are, maybe they had, for example, breast cancer, and we are looking at estrogen metabolites more specifically based on certain treatment that they're doing, I will probably want to test them maybe every four weeks. So if we are doing like really interventional um, treatment every four weeks, maybe six weeks, depending on when we change or adjust any of that uh, medication for them. Um, if it is somebody who has been decently steady for about six months, but all of a sudden things have changed for them, I'm gonna have them do a Dutch test, right? Like what's happening? Why are things changing? What's going on with your stress response? What's happening with your hormones? And, and usually that's going to be related to stressful sort of in, ev events. So, yes. um, and I, and I'm going to talk about these ones. So a, a protracted sickness or a severe sickness, uh, not only in self, but a, but a partner or family member, Absolutely. uh, Absolutely. possibly divorce, change in job, mm -hmm. change in function. Like there's, there's a lot of things, but looking for those high stress events. Absolutely. I will say, um, COVID did a number on our, um, our stress response just as a nation. And there were lots of people that were like, I don't know, like, I don't know what's happening. My body just feels different. And that's where you're like, yep, let's do a Dutch test, see what's happening. How is your body responding and handling the stress and the changes of this? But those big things that you, you were talking about, like divorce, job changes, um, even career changes, right? Like you're going from maybe grad school to a new job position. And that's a big transition that can have a big effect on your hormones as well. So I, Mike, did you have a question in there? Cause I was going to ask. A no, no, go ahead. Cause I, I do have a very simple question as well. I, I, I feel like my, my position here is always so difficult because I'm, I'm surrounded by two incredibly bright individuals and it's obviously not my domain, but I'm also curious to know, the this is there a split 
in your patient database, is it predominantly female? Um, and does this also have advantages? When I mention this, I obviously refer to Dutch testing. Is it does it have advantages for the male versus you know looking at the traditional you know as Sebastian mentioned you know blood or saliva testing for the sex hormones in males and is there a unique advantage for for male patients as well? Yeah, um, I will say in general we see more females tested than males. Um, but you still get great information for males, right? Like when we're looking at, especially with all of the ads that, you know, everyone's low testosterone, mm -hmm. come get more testosterone. Um, like before you start doing testosterone, let's see what's happening. What is your body doing? How is your cortisol? When we look at male physiology, if you if you are not sleeping, it's a problem for testosterone production, right? So the male body makes its biggest bang of testosterone, the latter half of the night. And so if you're getting poor quality sleep, if you are stressed out, you don't have good diurnal pattern for your cortisol, we're going to want to start there instead of just injecting you with testosterone. Mm -hmm. Like what's your body going to do with that? Maybe it's not even metabolizing it appropriately. So <laughs> aromatized you know, to something, but it ain't exactly, going to be testosterone. Exactly, right? Like when your body is stressed and you're having all of these things going on, your body's just taking that testosterone. I mean, Generally, your body is taking that testosterone and aromatizing it to estrogen. So let's give you more testosterone to aromatize to estrogen and make you even more depressed and give you more man boobs, right? So we want to look at what is your baseline? What are you doing? How is your body responding to stress? How is your body producing testosterone? What's it doing with your testosterone? How is your estrogen metabolism, right? Like we want to get that baseline because we want to ensure that we are giving your body the fair chance to do what it can do best. Like the human body is pretty amazing and given the opportunity can get back on track when it's given the chance. So as much as we have these wonderful medical advancements for hormone replacement therapy and all of that, like maybe we, maybe we step back for a second and look at the things that we can do in our lifestyle um, and gently support it before we jump into other things that could cause more problems. Yeah. That, those are conversations that Sebastian and I have had is blown away by the amount of people, specifically males, that are prescribed TRT and yes. if they're just looking at- Screaming high doses. Yeah. And, yes. and, just, and just looking at testosterone, but level, nothing else yeah. and being done with it. And um, obviously acknowledging that it's a lot easier as well for the yeah. average male patient to access simple testing results and getting prescriptions yeah. uh, to try to fix that issue, but not understanding- the full metabolism and absolutely everything else going on. Um, it's obviously yeah. very simple to say, Oh, you're low. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like throwing gasoline into a car when, when it's, it, when it's not running right, but that may actually make things significantly worse. Exactly. Exactly. So yes, we, I, I feel like you can get a lot of great information in doing a Dutch test with a male, even though I would say the, bigger volume of sure. testing that we have is through females. But I think that is also proportionate to what we see with HRT in general. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. so silly question for you. Do you have a different test for men specifically, or is no. it the same? Hey, Dutch complete or Dutch plus? It's the same. So we test all of the same things for both males and females. It's all the same stuff. It's the same progesterone and metabolites, the same estrogens and metabolites, 
same androgens. Are you saying that men actually have progesterone and estrogen in their system and they could be, have negative metabolites? Oh my God. (laughs) That's terrifying. Yeah, I know. I know. But, but it is true. Everyone thinks it's just testosterone and DHT and it's not. In fact, you can have some pretty serious, pretty serious health concerns when you, when you start getting those, uh, crazy aromatization scenarios. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as much as we see it happen in men, because just of the volume of testosterone that they make, it can also happen in women, you know? And so we, we want to look at the different patterns in both, right? Like in both males and females and how the body is doing. We know that there are different expectations for testosterone in males, different expectations for testosterone and estrogen in females, but what does that look like in each person? And that's the bigger thing, right? Like my body's going to be a little bit different than Susie Hughes. And so we want to, rather than assume, you know, what's happening, we want to test. We don't want to guess. I like that. Test, don't guess. Test, that's don't your new guess. tagline yeah, right there. That's, 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 a, <laughs> that's a great, that's a great tagline. <laughs> We're going to take that for Eagle. I'm telling you. It's a good <laughs> one. All right. Um, I, I'm trying to get completely off topic here. Um, I'm going to ask the, the sales question. I'm taking this yeah. right away from Mike. Sure. Um, if you were to do a Dutch complete test uh, three times, four times a year, how much are we looking at per test? Because yeah. I think that that's, that's always a big piece. And how does that play out uh, with interpretation? And what sort of support do you get with that each test? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great and fair question um, because we want to be able to also allow – uh, capacity for people to understand and budget what they're looking for. Um, a Dutch complete is $300. And in that $300, you get all of that information, right? Your how much estrogen are you making? What does your body do with it? How many androgens is your body making? So that's testosterone and DHA. What's your body doing with it? Progesterone. How's your body managing it? Your cortisol, cortisol production and what your body does or how your body's responding to that stress response along with oxidative stress markers, uh, B12, B6, glutathione, which is an antioxidant, um, some biotin markers, so some some nutritional markers that can influence how well your body is detoxing. So you get all of that for the $300. And with that, as a provider, when you get the results and you're like, well, that's, that's a lot of information. What do I do with all of that? You can call our um, customer service and our clinical support. They'll set you up with our clinical consultants. We have um, mentor sessions. So if you are really new and you're just like, hey, I'm just here for some orientation, the mentor sessions are group sessions that we just kind of walk through everything. So you get oriented to the test and you know what you're looking for, the key parts of it. Um, we do have one-on-one conversations too, if it's more directly related to this patient, has this going on and you know what do I do with that information? So we have that support. Um, I feel like we, and we're, we're working on getting some more information out for, um, the people that like a little bit more research intense and more detailed information. Um, cause if you're like me, I like to nerd out a little bit on some more specific hormone things. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'd fit right in with our team. It'd be perfect. Great. <laughs> we're, we're probably going to have a few more conversations. I got to drag you out to our clinical services <laughs> yeah. team and have you talk in front of them too. So it'd be great. Love it. Um, so when we're looking at a Dutch plus, Complete plus, yes. sorry. Yes. Uh, we're looking at an additional cost, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that one is going to be 375 I believe. I may have to confirm that. Um, and that is for the additional part of the saliva. So that's 
really just the additional part of the salivary and cortisol awakening response there. And, and then are pharmacists allowed to be part of your provider network? So in, in general, yeah, I will say yes. The one thing that we have to follow just with regard to like legal rules is if pharmacists are allowed to order in their state, then they are allowed to order it through the Dutch test. So there are some, some certain legalities depending on the state, yeah. um, but in general, if you can through your state, you can. And then can you do this outside of the United States? Are you made available to yes. Canadians? Are you, can you do beyond you Canada? Because we've got an international audience. We had people in the Middle East and as well as Southeast. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know yeah. obviously the amount of members that we also have in Canada. So there is a, a yep. lot of curiosity around finding a good lab, understanding where they can access lab results. And that's always been a concern in Canada as well. Yeah, absolutely. So the difference is we have distributors just because of with different mm -hmm. laws and guidelines or regulations, we have to fall within that. So we have distributors in Canada, we have distributors in Europe, in the Middle East, in Asia, um, South America. So we, we have specific distributors depending on your location. Awesome. So and you go to your website, you can find them for your local area. Yeah. And if Ooh. you can't find that information, our customer service can also point you to that uh, information as well. They can give you that specific information if you can't find it. So, you know, with all that being said, the, the best thing that I would love to do for, especially for audience knowledge, how do they contact, you know, you guys, how do they find providers? You know, how is that all structured? Because I think it's just super important to connect the dots and, and make this an easy process for the pharmacists that we, we serve as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can certainly go to dutchtest.com. Um, that will give you, you know, the website and all the fun buttons to push depending on what you are looking for. Um, you can also call our main number, 503 687-2050. That will put you in with our customer service. Our customer service uh, group is amazing. They can figure out where you need to go and, and who you need to be plugged into. So they will be your most helpful, just especially if you're like, I can't find what I'm looking for on the website. Help. <laughs> they are your help signal. They are your flag. They will get you to where you need to go. We also have a chat button on the um, dutchtest.com website. So that chat is also active and you can find out information there as well. The biggest thing, and I wanted to discuss this, is the fact that yeah. you guys have an amazing podcast. And, yes. and this is a great yeah. opportunity you know, to plug into the podcast audience. Um, the Dutch podcast, which is now in its second season. Woo, congratulations. Yeah, and definitely available, I'm assuming, Exciting. on almost every single uh, podcast provider um, same thing as us, but yeah, yeah, maybe you want to talk a bit more about the podcast. Cause I'm sure a lot of people are going to lean on yeah. you guys for knowledge and expertise and, you know, even listening to a few of your episodes to hear your format, really yeah. cool to hear that the audience is essentially both patient as well as, you know, integrative medicine practitioners. So love to learn more yeah. about what, how that came to be and the success that you guys have around it as well. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking too. Um, our wonderful vice president of sales and marketing did an awesome job of helping get our the podcast up and going and produced. Um, that is Noah Reed. And it came from the discussion of, you know, we keep getting these questions and I think it'd be really awesome to put it on a platform where people can know like while they're driving or they're doing whatever they can just listen to it it doesn't have to be something where you have to sit down and like study right like we want it to be easy and digestible and so in doing that it was like okay what are the bigger questions that we get what are the you know different subjects that you know people are more passionate about when it comes to the dutch test and so that really kind of drove some of the different topics and um discussions that happen in the podcast it's really like you know what is the dutch test where does it come from um, how is it validated? And when we're looking at that also, okay, why do I care about estrogens? Why do I care about progesterone? Why do I care about androgens? What are the different things that you can look at on the Dutch test like PCOS? And um, as much as the Dutch test is not a diagnostic test, it can give a lot of information to help providers and patients alike understand what's going on with their hormones and where they should go with that information. Yeah, it's awesome. And great to see that you guys have almost a similar format to us. Obviously, a completely different audience, but uh, similar format. You guys publish weekly. I think I see you have been featured on episode, I think it was from the first season in November of 2022. So uh, discussing androgen basics and testosterone. So that's definitely one I'm going to go back and listen to (laughs) because that sounds awesome. Well, we have all three of us, Jason, Mike, and I are going to be like, oh, we got to listen to that together. Well, and we have, I mean, we're, I will say we are very lucky um, to have the clinical team that we have. The brains that we have behind our clinical team are just really amazing. I can't give my team enough praise on just how awesome they are and how they've been able to also contribute to that conversational information. Uh, we feel exactly the same way about our clinical services team. I, I'm, I, I feel honored to be part of such a great brain trust. I'm the dumb one right. of the group. I swear to God, I'm <laughs> the dumbest one. So, you know, one of one of my coaches says, "If you're not the dumbest person in the room, you're not doing it right." And I was like, "All right, great. We're gonna do this. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna keep striving." <laughs> Ask questions, keep your ears open. I know. Uh, exactly. Even though I've only met you for the last 35 minutes, I can guarantee that's probably not the case. And same thing for <laughs> same thing for Sebastian. So <laughs> he's known me for for a lot longer, and I'm he's coming to that conclusion finally. Uh, so. Probably the reason why I've learned so much, and like to your point, you need to surround yourself with intelligent people. It's absolutely amazing. But honestly, Dr. Rice, thank you for taking the time uh, just to to be here for us to get to know you a bit more. And most importantly, for the audience to once again, use the terminology of connecting the dots. They heard an episode on understanding lab values and we did discuss the opportunity of dried urine testing. So this really complements it well, because there is no way we could have been able to carry the conversation with without the knowledge that you have and it you did an incredible job and I, I hope our audience got a lot from it as well oh well thank you so much I like I said I I'm I'm a I'm a dork for Dutch so I'm I'm here for it <laughs> well it's an absolute pleasure I'm sure we'll definitely see you around one day we hope to to meet face to face but last but not least uh we hope to have you on the podcast one day down the road as well as things evolve okay. on your end and if there's anything that you guys would love to come back and discuss and share please feel free Absolutely. to reach out to us cuz we'd love to have you back 
love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you to our audience for tuning into this episode. Once again, a huge thank you to Dr. Debbie Rice from Dutch and Analytical Precision. So it's it's just an amazing episode, tons to learn. And I really wish that you guys benefited from the episode as well. As always, to follow us along, subscribe to the podcast so that you do not miss an episode. Connect with us on our social media for constantly updated information relating to PCCA and our PCCA membership. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, this is Mike Galicia.